welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. This morning I want to talk a little bit about unplugging, rebooting, and recharging. My scripture lessons come from the Old Testament Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because it was on this day that he rested from all the work he had done in creating. New Testament scripture is from Mark 1.35. It's very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off the solitary place and prayed. Some of you, if you've worked in an office and around computers and any kind of electronics, you hear the word reboot. It just seems to be the buzzword for the last several years here. And all it means, basically, the, def- the dictionary defines it as either a verb or a noun, but in reference to a computer system, you have to boot it or reboot it again as an act of booting your computer system. But in other words, you're just going to turn the daggone thing off, let it rest, let it go through the cycle, rethink everything that it's supposed to be doing to get back on track, and then plug it back in and start all over again. So, if you want to think about it, we're like a computer. We go so much. And before pre-pandemic time, we stayed busy, we ran, we took kids, we ran grandkids, we shopped, we traveled, we did whatever we could in the small time that we had because we always think there's not enough time to get it all done in. But after a while, when we run and run and run, what happens? We're just like this, computers. We shut down. And you have to take a minute to unplug, reboot, and recharge. For me, working a part-time job five days a week, I attend meetings two or three nights a week. I make time for my family, my friends, and in between when I can travel, or well, I would say pre-pandemic time, we're still talking that, or whatever else I wanted to do, I was doing it. I was very, my sister used to tell me, you're never at home. I don't know why you don't just come up here and stay with us and make, instead of making a house payment. But that's me. And I'm sure that a lot of you are pretty much like that. You know, there's always something on your calendar, something on your schedule that you need to be doing. And it's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with Jesus. You know, we think about the creation and the fact that he sent us, sent Jesus here, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but just keep that in mind. But when we go back to the very beginning in Genesis, on that first day, God created day and night. And it was good. The second day, the sky was created. The third day, he had the dry lands, the seas, the plants, and the trees. And on the fourth day, we finally got the sun, the moon, and the stars. So on the fifth day, he decided he's going to give us some creatures that live in the sea, creatures that fly. So then he figured, well, we need some more stuff. So he decided he's going to give us some animals that live on the land and finally humans. So that was the sixth day. But he made us in the image of God. And just in that couple of minutes, I gave you that abbreviated version of the whole creation that it took God to intricately 
put everything together. And I mean, we sat there and thought about how in the name of heaven can he sit there and, and have trees and flowers, for instance, that grow, multiply. But every year, we look forward to spring to seeing new foliage on the same tree. The different sunsets and the, and the sunrises. That takes a lot of work. I, I can't even wrap my mind around something like that. And you can think of, pick any, anything else. that you go outside, you can just marvel at the creations of God. But on that seventh day, God, he finished the work that he had been planning to do, and he decided he needed to rest. So on that seventh day, he blessed it, made it holy, because he had created it. For us, it's a good day. That, it's a good thing to have a day of rest for whatever reasons. Like I say, we run ourselves ragged, and you just, hey, I'm going to be a couch potato today. And that, you know, every three or four months, that's me. I run, and, and my, my body says, okay. So I remember back in May, uh, Pastor Ken at, at Silver Street in New Albany, he had emailed me and asked me to fill in for him. And to hear him say that he had not had a day off in a whole year, and I'm sitting there like, I can't even imagine, you know, because we, we're going to do what we want to do and not think about anything else. But if you think about our pastors, and my pastor, she finally took three weeks off this year because they are so busy, just like God, they've got the whole world to, to worry about. Our pastors have their whole congregation. They have the community to think about us. Uh, we got our friends, maybe, but we've got our family, which is a smaller bubble than what our pastors do. So they're essential. And for them to have to think outside that box when everything shut down, to be able to continue to give us the word, to share the word online, emails, or however way it worked, Facebook, they were using technology. I never, ever would have imagined being able to get church on, online. And I'm used to, I'm like this in-person stuff. I like that. I like that interaction being in person. And so, but they had to think outside the box. They had to say, I need to serve my congregation. I got to figure out a way to do it so that they can still say engaged. And we forget that. We, we forget that. Just like, just like we forget all the things that Jesus had to do, all the things that went into his short time on earth. And, you know, for us, we don't think about anybody else. We're impatient. We don't want to think about anything. When we want something, we want it right now. Anybody else like that? Everybody, you know, working a computer. You, you got to get this report done. So you're just sitting there just moving that little mouse, and it's click, 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 clicking, and the computer's not doing anything, and you just want to just scream and just, you know, hey, it has to recycle. It's got to, it's got to process everything that you're trying to tell it to do. And so we just have to be patient. Sometimes we overwork things. We overwork the computer. We overwork ourselves. And we have to stop. We have to unplug. We've got to reboot ourselves. We've got to recharge. Just like our cell phones. I know everybody in here has probably got a cell phone, so that's probably a little bit more than, you know, you can relate to other than a computer if you've not been in an office. But if we don't plug in our cell phones every night or every two or three nights, what happens? 
you can't get nothing. You're not going to be able to use it until you plug it in and charge it. And then you can go ahead and it'll, it'll go. It'll run like it's supposed to. And so, and that's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus had to have help because he knew he was only going to be here for a short time. So he, he, had to go get, he had to go get some of his buddies that he knew he could trust. And as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon Peter and Andrew fishing, well, you know, they're just two little fishermen out there and just minding their own business. And you got this stranger that comes up to you and says, hey, let me tell you, I need you. I need you to do the Father's work. I need you to come with me. I need you to follow me. And just to leave and walk away and give up everything. Would you do it? Would you do it? I don't want nobody to ask me if I would do it because I'm not sure what I would say, honestly. But I would hope that I would say yes. But that's what they did unconditionally. They just dropped everything and went to follow him. And he told them he'd teach them and show them everything that they would need to do after he was gone. And that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be fishers of men. He doesn't want us to just stay in our little cubby holes and our little personal bubble or our bubble with just the girlfriends or just the fishing buddies. We have to be fishers of all men. And when all is all. So you see a stranger out or you see somebody, you know, you're supposed to Share the word. Give them that word and take that time. But when you stop and think about it, that's, that's hard work. That's going above and beyond. So then you just have to just kind of stop, take a break. And you look at the four Gospels. And Matthew, everybody, all four of them, they, they're going to give you a different version. They're going to give you a little bit version, give you the same story with a different twist. So Matthew's focus was basically to reveal Jesus as the promised Messiah, the king. He tells us about his life and ministry. Then when you get to Mark, Mark's, Mark's version is a little bit more fast-paced. He, he, he introduces us to Jesus. He shows us quickly moving down through the teachings, his healings, confronting the religious leaders. And you get Luke, and Luke just shares the good news. He shares the good news of what salvation is and what, what, what it's going to take for us to get that salvation. And John, John answers the question of why God sent Jesus here to earth. And we all know, and hopefully we all know, that in John 3.16, there's your answer. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him, that they won't perish, but they would have everlasting life. And so if there's a time for Jesus to, that, he, that need to unplug comes, I focused in on the book of Mark because there's a lot of examples. When he was at the, at the synagogue and he was teaching all day long and, and the disciples and they were busy and they were trying to get to the people and the people were teaching and, and learning and all different things. And after the day wore on and, they, and Jesus was getting ready to leave and he and James and John, they went to Simon, the house of Simon and Andrew's home where Simon's mother-in-law, she was sick. 
Well, she had a fever, and so, you know, Jesus being Jesus, Jesus is going to go in and see what he can do, but he just touched her, just touched her hand and lifted it up, and that fever left her, and she got up and started serving him. How's that? It's pretty cool, isn't it? So, man, the word spread, and everybody went out, and they were like, man, you go over something, something, man. Jesus is over there. So then he's going through this again. And he's, and he's preaching, he's teaching, he's healing, he's, he's kicking out demons and everything. And he tells this, you know, the disciples come up to him and they said, you know, Lord, you know, we're tired. He could see that they were tired. So he told them, he said, you know, he says, let's just go and get in your boat. And go, let's, no, I'm about to hit. They got up. They stayed at the house. I'm sorry. They stayed at the house. They got up, and then they went. They, he, Jesus got up and left and went to a solitary place where he could go pray. Because he had been extending himself, extending himself all day long. And then further down in Mark, in the in book, in chapter 1, after he feeds the multitude, I don't know about you all, but I know when I'm ready to have people at my house that's a major undertasking. And I may just have, man, if it's the girls, I may have eight or nine. If it's my family, it's 20 or 30. But that's a lot of work. Can you imagine Jesus and his disciples trying to feed 5,000 people? How wearing it can be, how long it takes. And that's a, that was a whole day process, man. It was just like, okay. So again, they're doing things all day long, and people are coming and going, coming and going. And at the end of the day, the disciples said, Lord, you know, we've been so busy, we haven't even had time to eat. And Jesus just told him, he said, you know, he says, come on, come with me and go to a quiet place and rest. So that's when they, they got in the boat and he told them, just go on over to the other side and they could have some little peace. And he was going to try to send the crowd home, but that didn't work. You know, they were going to follow him and he's still teaching and preaching all the way across the lake. But in Mark there's two stories where Jesus had to stop. He had to unplug. He had to reboot, rethink, and recharge himself so that he could get back out there the next day and continue to do it over again. And I'm here at church to tell you that we all go and we all do too much. We run and run and run thinking, oh, I got to get this done because, you know, I may not be here tomorrow. I got, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And we go and push ourselves to like a computer. We crash. And that's, that's what I did. That pre-pandemic, it wasn't hard the first few days or first couple of weeks, because I was still able to get out and go to work every day because I was an essential worker. When I had to start marking things off of my calendar, mark off my Mary Kay meetings, mark off my church meetings, mark this off, mark that off, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. All I was doing was going to work, and every once in a while, my four or five trips to Walmart a week was down to maybe one or two times a week. And my daughter would call, and she's in Virginia. She says, well, Mom, where are you? I'm at Walmart. She's, Mom, you hard head. I knew you wasn't going to be home. I'm like, you know, so you're trying to explain to your kid who's, hey, I'm the mother. 
but you're trying to say, I'm only out here getting the things that I need. But they don't get it. But during this time, I'm telling you, the more I sat at home, man, I literally, I just, I, I shut down. I shut down. And that was new to me. Never had it done before. Didn't know what I was going through. And I got a big house. But to see those same four walls and to go in and fix lunch and sit down and there's things in your house you want to do and you're sitting there thinking, huh, I'll watch this a little bit and the next commercial I'll get up and I'll, I'll do this. Well, the next commercial comes and it goes and, well, I'll finish this program and I'll get up and do that. Then you say, oh, well, I'll finish it. It'll be here tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Anybody else guilty of that? I mean, seriously, seriously. I was in a state of mind, and I did not know what it was. I didn't know. I couldn't put a handle to it. So one of my girlfriends at church had posted on Facebook, and she was talking about depression and grief. And it was, that was my aha moment. That was my V8 moment. It's like, oh, my gosh. Me, depressed? Okay, I got, a, I, got, I got a solution, but now what am I going to do about it? I could not get myself unfrozen, and, and I would try. And I know you're probably saying, well, why didn't you pray? Why didn't you, you know, ask for help? Why didn't you do that? Well, you know, when you've got a family that thinks that you're the mediator, you're the fix-it-all, you can do everything, you don't want anybody to see that weakness. You don't want anybody to see that man, she's, she's human. So I put on this big facade, I put on a happy face and worked through my days. But during that time of being at home, I had a chance to really, while my unplugging time and my recharging time, me and Jesus, we had a really good conversation. I mean, he was showing me and telling me some things that I did not like about myself. And I'm like, ooh, now I kind of know why I stayed busy because I didn't want to face those things. But it, it helped me. And so... I was slowly, gradually, as I was recharging and rebooting and, and, and getting my life back together, I'm like, okay, Lord, I can do this. Okay, Lord, you know, the weather had a big, big, big to do with it. You know, we went through that long, dreary, cold, rainy, it seemed to last forever and a day. And so when the sun started shining, it was kind of like, oh, wow, okay, I feel pretty good. I can go home and I can really do something today. Eh. That worked a little bit, but it didn't work every day. And right now, to say that I'm 100%, nah, I'm probably about 90, 95%, but I see myself, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I can see myself getting my batteries fully charged to where I can do what I need to do. And that's why I'm talking to you all today. Don't, don't get like me. Don't be like me. When you first get that first inkling, when you get that first, hey, you know, just tell yourself, it's okay to stop. It's okay to sit down. It's okay to unplug. It's okay to reboot. And tell people, hey, no, I'm on the timeout. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. And each day, knowing this and, and, and trying to live this and, and refocus on the positives and knowing that we are to be disciples. We're supposed to be fishers of men. And during that time, I wasn't doing my part. I was not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So how can I get out here and show somebody else and tell somebody else to do something that I'm not doing? 
And that's the other thing, you know, Jesus wants us, God wants us to lead by example. And it's a comfort. To me, it's a comfort knowing that I don't care how dark it gets, how gloomy and how dreary things are. Somewhere, someplace, somebody's going through it worse than we are. The best thing knowing is that God's promise reaffirms to me every day that he would never leave me, he wouldn't forsake me, he would always be there for me. That was true yesterday, it's true today, and it's going to be true tomorrow. But we just have to remember those things. We have to remember that we're not in this by ourselves. We're not in this by ourselves. Lord, you've got family, you've got friends, and it's okay to say, I'm not okay. You've got to be able to do that. You've got to be able to be able to go out and be fishers of men. You've got to be able to go and be a disciple and to be there for your brothers and your sisters, not just for your family, but you've got, you got the whole community out here. This whole community in our nation is hurting, and it's our job to be that disciple. It's our job to lift them up, to do whatever little bit that we can do. And it, it like I say, it, it takes a little bit for it to kind of register with me. But as I was going through my little downtime and recharging, and I was reading in Isaiah, in fact, chapter 43, verse 2, it really hit home. And it made me realize that, again, whatever the circumstances, and all through the Bible, we know there's all kinds of confirmation and reassurances. But this verse speaks so, it spoke so loudly to me. And it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Well, that water part is what got me, because I love being around water. I love the calmness it gives. I don't know how to swim. I've got a respect for the water, but I want to be around it. I want to be in it. But to know that this verse says that even through those waters, God is going to be with me, and those rivers, they're not going to overwhelm me. And just like our daily problems, remember, he's got our back. He's not going to leave you. You're going to get overwhelmed for a minute, but just try to remember to hold on. Try to remember, take that deep breath to unplug, reboot, and recharge. Thank you. thank you for joining us today and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together if you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries visit our website at sellersburgumc.com